Hold on, let me take a sip of this real quick. Uh, we live? Uh, oh, we live, bro. I just had to taste the red wine real quick. I feel that. Taste the notes. Uh, anyways, you know, we've been talking about this for a while now. We, we brush up on it every single episode. We're six episodes deep. This is number seven. Uh, we told y'all this is therapy for us. And I think it's about time we tell y'all why. And again, this is your host with the most... No introduction needed. Let's get let's get this going. Well, as y'all know, to us, this is a lifestyle podcast. So y'all have been getting a little dip of our life, our opinions, how we feel. But to be honest, I feel like you guys don't know us. You guys don't. We haven't really been as open with you guys as we can be or should be. So I think this episode, we got to make it personal. We got to get down on the level. I, I don't want anyone to think this shit is superficial, you know what I'm saying? So I agree with you. I think the best way to do that is to really just kind of lay it all out and let them hear it. So I agree with you. Let's let's get it going. As we got our pinkies up, sipping our wine, having a good time. Of course, as always, as we should. But to be honest, before we get down to it, how you doing, bro? How are you? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, I mean, I've had a stressful week, but I'm excited. It's the weekend. I'm out here vibing. We're sitting down recording another podcast. So I'm doing good. The week didn't start out too well. Not going to lie. Not going to cap. But it picked up towards the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it usually does. And while I'm not feeling the best, I'm not feeling the top of my game right now. We just got off a workout. So, you know, I'm feeling good there. Um, we're, we're sipping some wine. We're about to go kick it later. We're about to do some shit. Now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. Being around those I care for. So I, I, I feel good right now. That's good to hear. I'm happy for you. Because, man, I know. I already know how your week's been. The listeners might not know, but it's been tough. Especially since last week when we checked in with y'all. You already knew we were down. We were trying to get back on our back on our grinds. And I think ending this week, we're excited. Because we're feeling better. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, I'm doing the same. I clocked out of work today. And my mood skyrocketed. Like, oh, <laughs> Woke up this morning feeling trashy, like another day back in the cycle. But the second, can I really do this? <laughs> you know, we are gonna do it at the end of the day. I'm gonna put on a smile. I'm gonna walk around with my with my little suit and tie, looking fresh as fuck, always. Bro, but that's what I was talking about at the gym when I was talking about you know our bodies being so resilient. That's exactly what I was talking about because. Again, like you said, we know what kind of week we've had, and we know what coming into this weekend means for us, and we know what this podcast is going to do for us. So I I mean, yeah, as the hours progressed on, bro, and I was getting closer and closer to working out and recording the podcast, my energy was coming back up. You know what I'm saying? I was cracking jokes again. I was talking, ah, it's so hard to describe, especially if you don't know us personally, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're back here. In this room, recording this episode, doing what we love to do. That's what I'm glad about. That's what I'm happy about. Agreed. We got the lights to green right now. So we're feeling a little wealthy. Mm. We're feeling good. I mean, mine, mine, are, mine are sky blue, but, you know, it's all okay, good. Okay, you're mellow, calm. I'm feeling, I'm feeling vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good, though. I feel it. I feel it. But at the end of the day, man, it is crazy how your mood can change the closer you get to doing something you want to be doing. And the fact that throughout the week, like going home and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to just go to sleep. Or uh, do I really go to the gym today? I pushed through the gym a couple times this week, which I'm proud of myself for, but it's, it was tough. It was tough. I'm coming in late to work. I hate to admit it, but 
uh, PLC time, coming in late because I got to pack my gym bag. Like, that's really the only reason I'm late is because I'm like, I need to pack a gym bag. And I throw my stuff in the bag, boop, 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 and I go to work. Because if I don't have that gym bag ready to go, I know I'm not going to have the energy by the time I get home for the gym. So Exactly. To, like, leave your house again to go to the gym. You know, and that there's one more thing I really just want to say. Like, I don't really know what people think this podcast is going to evolve into. But we're always, we're always going to keep it real with you guys. No matter what stage of our life we're at, uh, successful or not, we're going to keep it 100 with you guys. And, you know, like, there's no... There's no unicorns here. Like, we're not going to be over here talking about things, one, that we don't know and things that we really don't experience. And like we've said, this is a lifestyle podcast. So we, we're here to lay, we're here to just lay it out for you guys. Just talk about some real shit. And I know a lot of y'all can relate because this shit is really not popping for everybody. So for those who don't have that space to talk about it, for those who don't really know how to feel or how to think about it, just listen. We got you. Kind of random, but have you ever played Robot Unicorn Attack? Bro, low-key, yeah. Oh, An adult swim? Oh. That game was fire. <laughs> that game was fucking fire. Uh, I wanted, to sing, yeah, the, I wanted the to sing the little background song when you said unicorns. I was like, oh, that just uh-huh. popped in my head. <laughs> fucking throwback. No, no, that game was fire. I used to play that all the time, yeah. Damn, uh, I love that game. That's, that was like, what, back in high school? That was hella fun. Yeah, dude. I, I remember that was when I first got my phone, too. That was one of the first games I downloaded, and I played that shit all the time. What phone did you have? I remember we were talking about this. Well, how old were you when you had your first phone? Uh, I think I was, a, I think I was a freshman in high school when I got my first cell phone. What kind of phone was it? Um, bro, it was this thing. The screen was like three inches bit, or it's probably bigger than three inches. It was one of the very first smartphones, but that thing was still bulky and clunky and you know odd mm. to say the least. Um, but it was fun. It was my first phone. You know, I was like, I was out here texting the girls. Texting the homies, like, taking pictures and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, it was a real good time to, I don't know, a real good way to enter high school, if that makes sense. I feel that. I didn't have my first phone till I was, what, uh, I want to say 17, 18? It was late. Mm-hmm. But that's when I got my first job, yeah. and I was able to pay my own phone bill. So I was ready to, yeah. you know, my parents weren't going to buy me a phone, but look at me now. I'm over here paying my all my siblings. Well, maybe not all of them, but I'm paying most of my siblings' phone bills right now. So my youngest sister got a phone. <laughs> Oh, that's fire. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. I see you. Bro, man, knowing people's backgrounds to me, like, I don't know how you build friendships, but you know how people, like, ask you what's your horoscope because they feel like that teaches you everything? Yeah. So, I don't know. For some reason, maybe not even for some reason, I feel like knowing someone's childhood tells me more about them than, or maybe the same amount as people who have to know your horoscope. Like, does that make sense? And I, I mean, I hear you because... Then you can really kind of understand why some people are the way they are. I mean, I I don't know shit about my horoscope. All I know is that I'm in Aries. And, but I always run into people who are like, man, let me tell you about your moon rising or whatever the fuck. Damn, your birthday's later like, than March people... that you're in Aries? Yeah, bro. I didn't know that. King of the mountain. What do you mean? I'm an Aries I'm a too. Ram. Birthday's next oh, week. Oh, hey. Vibes. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's vibes. Uh, I didn't even know that. But. Because, again, I really don't know how, like, the signs really work. Because I know there's, like, a cutoff for everything. So I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, I people just, we don't spend enough time getting to know each other, bro. Like, we spend a lot more time upset with people and asking ourselves why they are the way they are as compared to, like, getting to know them. Or how you said people are superficial. Like, everything's surface level. Like, what? Bro, where'd you, man, where'd you grow up? 
Because you said you moved around a lot. Where was home? What do you consider to be I mean, home? I moved, I moved around a whole lot. Shoot, bro. I've lived overseas. Um, it, it's, it's, oh, I don't even really know where to start with this. Like, where did I grow up? I, I've grown up in Haiti. I've grown up in New York. I've grown up in Washington. I mean, I've I've done a bit of growing everywhere that I've moved to, especially uh, with my dad being in the military. We moved around quite a bit. And each time we moved around and stopped, like, I grew a little bit. So it, it's, I guess I'm a traveling child in a way. So you know what I'm saying? What branch of the military? Um, oh, he's a, he's an engineer in the Army. Oh, wow. He's re, I mean, he's retired now, mm-hmm. but he was an engineer in the Army. And, I mean... For me, I grew up wherever home was, wherever family was. So I, I, I grew up all over the place, really. Mm. And I, I know I, I know that sounds kind of dumb. like, Yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it sounds like, what do you mean you grew up everywhere? Like, where did you actually grow up? But no, I really mean it. Like, growing up, growing up in the military, dude, you, you can move around three to four times in the span of two to three years. Mm. So you're always, like, kind of moving around, kind of making new ground, like, making new friends or trying to make new friends or trying to you know, like grow and go through things at a new pace because everywhere is different. So for me, dude, I, I kind of grew up around the country and outside the country. Okay. Yeah. we've had a completely separate or like opposite upbringing because I've always been in Seattle for most of my life. So this is for me, this is my home, like the West coast, Washington state, mm-hmm. PNW, man, it doesn't get better than this. Not I've traveled to a lot of cities in the U S and I got to say, nothing makes me feel better than coming back home. Just coming up to the PNW, yeah. seeing the trees, seeing the water, seeing the rain. Oh, can you stand the rain? Oh, I love the stop, rain. Stop, stop. You feel stop. me? <laughs> <laughs> stop. But no, I feel you. I mean, when it comes to the question of where, where's home for me, I mean, again, for me, home is wherever I have family or mm-hmm. very, very close friends. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel at home here in Seattle uh, just as much as I feel at home when I go home to see my family who don't live here in Washington. Were you and your family close? Um, super close. Okay. Very close. And, I mean, everything I do is for my family. I would die for my family. Mm-hmm. I got every single person in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, home is really, like, those places where I can go and be who I am as a person, either if it's going home to my mom and which, you know, whenever you go home, you kind of go back to being the kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I like that. Cause I, I at my age now, when I go home, bro, like it's almost kind of like, I mean, even with my dad being there, it's like, it's kind of like, like the king coming home. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom's getting ready to cook for me. She's going to make sure everything's clean and ready to go. We're going to have plans. We're going to have things to do. We're going to have, like, a, a whole lot to catch up on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember she called me a week ago, and she told me she got me some imported rum. Because, you know, bro, like, Ooh. she got me some imported whiskey. Ooh. Bro, yeah. Like, just for when I go home. Because they don't drink. My, they were very religious. Mm-hmm. They don't drink. But they know I liked, they know I really like whiskey and oh, rum. So she was like, yeah, I got you. Alcohol. That's fine. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, I got you this bottle from Haiti. I got you this bottle from, like... I think she got a bottle exported, uh, exported out of like Europe or some shit like that, bro. So I'm really excited to drink that. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we have like our family, like tradi- like or family recipes of making alcohol, and she still makes me some of that. Uh, and again, the food is like amazing, bro. Like, there's markets she goes to to pick up food specifically for when I'm coming home. So again, like that's home for me because I get to go home. I got my own room. I, I get to do whatever I want, but I'm still like 
her her baby boy really. Damn, I know hella people. And then I got, that. dude, yeah. And the other thing too, you know, I got I got my younger brother. Uh, I have two younger sisters. Love them to death. Like I'm always staying in touch with them. I'm always getting them stuff mm-hmm. because another part of me is, you know, I didn't grow up with much. So now that I'm in a position where I can give to my siblings, bro, they're always getting shit. So and if there's a, and I tell them. Uh, what do you mean? You said four people. You mean you said, siblings? Yeah, you said one younger brother, two sisters. Yeah. Okay. So there's four of us. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest. So I'm always getting them shit. Like, and I tell them all the time, like, man, whatever you need, like, don't don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. And if I can't do it right then and there, it's bound to happen within the next like two weeks or a month or whatever. So yeah, but at the same time, my home is here in Seattle because I have friends like that I know are like family. You know what I'm saying? Like. We we do almost everything together. I'm I'm as open with them, if not a little bit more, than I am with my parents, my brother, my sisters, and shit. So it depends. It really depends. So I guess I got a couple homes. All right, man. Well, I don't know. For me, it's I think really different, or like complete opposite. Cause yeah, my home is here. Um, I have a huge family, like huge. Um, I have eleven siblings. I'm eighth out of the twelve of us. So. There's a squad, like we got a football team and a coach, so it's pretty active. But at times it's pretty hectic because we're just not that close. Like I've had, um, I've had people with only children or only child be like, "Man, that'd be so dope having that many siblings." And I'm like, "Ooh, I don't know, I don't know." But at the same time, all my siblings are ride or die. Like, even though we may have like family issues or things might be going on, at the end of the day. We all know we got each other. Like, I don't care what's going on. We got each other. Which to me, I haven't, I didn't notice that as a kid because all I've noticed like growing up was my family was, um, what's the word? I guess, mm, reserved. Because being even like getting to know you and stuff, Luigi, over this, uh, what, over the friendship we've had, we're both kind of reserved people overall. I think it's just our trust for new people or whatever. At least that's how I uh, feel like it's coming from my side. But growing up with my family, we've never really been the type to be all lovey-dovey all over each other, um, having to spend all the time with each other, kick it with each other. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that's so important to be able to be with your family. Like I kick it with my little nephew all the time. I was freaking babysitting that little kid when I was like 12 over here playing video games while he fell asleep in my arms. So that like, ugh. To all my sisters and their kids, like, I got them, no matter what. Like, I want to be that dope uncle who visits visits them all the time, buys them stuff. Um, just, I don't know, it's just a way to have that family love that I didn't really get as a kid growing up because my siblings were so distant. But at the same time, but at the same time, we were so distant because our parents were working just so much. Being first-generation children and having that lifestyle of where your parents are working uh, 16-hour shifts. Um, they come home tired. Your mom's in the kitchen all the time. Or even worse, your mom gets a job, and now um, your oldest sister is taking the responsibility of taking care of the house. And that, I don't know. I've felt like I've had a lot of nurturing love around me, but at the same time, it wasn't verbal, as a kid at least. So that's I felt like I missed out a bit as a kid, that loving embrace of, oh, you can sit around the dinner table and talk. Nah, it was... Here's your lunch after school. We're all going to chill in front of the TV or me and my sister running home after the school bus because we know Cyber Chase comes on at three. 
and it's two fifty five right now, so we gotta hurry up. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you gotta make it because you still gotta sit down, take all your clothes off, get ready yes. to eat, and still watch the show. Mm-hmm. Man, I ah, oh, just hearing you talk, bro. So many emotions, so many memories, just flooding back. Ah. Oh. Let me take another sip. Give me a second. I had to take Pause. one too. It's nice, man. Yeah. It's hella mm-hmm. nice. And at the same time, I'm like, when you look back and think about it, I did have all that stuff. I just didn't know how to acknowledge it or notice it or um, embrace it for how it was because I was just a kid having fun. Like um, being in a big family, your sibling closest to you, like in age wise, is usually your the, the one who understands the most. So like my older brother and sister were the closer one. My younger sister is the one who's closer to me. But at the end of the day, I want to be that one that pulls us all together to be like, we can have that family stuff. We can have dinner together. This Christmas came around and how you were saying you buy shit for your family. That made me think because in my family, we got a lot of we got a lot of siblings, right? Once you get to a certain age, my dad can't support us. My mom can't support all the presents like that. Like there's no Santa. Um, it, it was your. It parents doesn't make sense. Shit. No. So after like. 11 12 you stopped getting as much gifts it was more so here's like here's like uh essentials a couple clothing and maybe something nice but you weren't mad about it because you knew the younger kids had to get all the toys the money had to go towards them and you hit that age where boy you don't need that much stuff you know christmas time is just good food and exactly and for me i mean i've never really been a taker i've always wanted to be more of a provider um so when it comes around like christmas or like you know, any other holidays where there's some gift giving, I never ask for anything still. And it's it's not that I'm sitting here like I don't need anything, but I just don't want to ask. Like, I just want to give to the people I love without making them feel like they got to give something back to me. Because I just want them to know. Because, you know, like, when you when you talk about just giving your family things and trying to show them how much you'll care about them by giving them things, it sounds very superficial. But in reality, it's not. Because at the end of the day, and you know, in our world anyway, like, not only do you have to say it, you got to prove it. Like, you got to show it. And for me, like, my sister's really into drawing, bro. So for me, it's not superficial that I'm always getting her, like, art stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm always like, yo, like, are you out of something? Like, do you need this? Yo, would you be down to try that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then my brother, same way. Like, whenever it's around his birthday, I just hit him up. Like, dog, what do you want? I got you right here, right now. And he'll let me know, and I'll just do it. Same thing for my mom. Same thing for my, like, everybody, bro. My dad and every. I don't know, like... I personally, like, it's not that I didn't come from a, like, a very affectionate family. Mm -hmm. I think my thing was that I came from a very affectionate family. Mm. Um, I mean, growing up, there were a couple times that, like, which is is some real personal shit. Like, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, there were a couple times, like, I almost fucking died. And my, you know, like my mom and my grandma and my dad, they were always like kind of pull together and like keep, you know, like just to make sure shit goes right. And I never really appreciated that until I like got older and older. And, you know, you hear the story over and over about how like you really almost weren't like in the position you are right now. Um, And then, you know, I always had my mom and my dad, they would always be trying to play with me. They would always be trying to joke with me, like watch movies, go do things, go do things as a family. Like we did the whole like yearly family picture type shit. And uh-huh. like... But man, for me as a kid, for me as a kid, bro, I always pushed it. I was always like, man, like, get the fuck out of my space, low key. Uh, like, I was never really about it. Like, I liked playing alone. I like doing things alone. I've always liked that. And they used to always kind of push back, like, no, you're going to do this with us. And, you know, just in a very loving way. 
I remember going to school and kids would get in trouble and their parents would just not really give a fuck. And I used to like envy that because if I ever fucked up, bro, my mom was going to lecture me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I remember kids who would like come to school, they wouldn't shower, brush their teeth. The one time I did that, my dad smacked the shit out of me. Like, un- not like he was hitting me or some shit, but I'm pretty sure, like, he told me to go take a shower, and I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm just gonna keep playing the Wii." And that man smacked me so hard. That was the <laughs> one and ever, one and only time my dad's ever hit me, bro. Uh, only because I knew, it. man. Like, shout out to that nigga. First of all, I love you, bro. Who's that nigga? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that nigga? My dad, dog. Hey. Uh, but uh. I don't know, like, looking back at it now, my parents did every single thing they could for me. Um, sometimes, like, I I mean, I always knew what they were doing. I never really took it for granted. But to say that I was appreciative of it then, I wasn't. Like, I really wasn't. You know, my mom would go to work. My dad, like I said, in the Army, would go to work. She'd come home, still make us food or meal prep for us for the week or try to get us food, try to get us anything, you know. And sometimes I would just hate it. Like, sometimes I'd be there like, man, why can't we just be getting pizza like the kids next door? But then I grew up and I found out all those kids ate was pizza. Like, the parents never cooked for them. Like, the parents never did any of that, like, actual nurturing and caring for them. And I think about about my, you know, like, oh, man, and I used to be upset about the home cooking. And I love my mom's cooking, bro. So I, I was a very stubborn and rugged kid. Because I really thought I fucking knew it all. Like, I, I thought I'd just be better off just doing my own shit and being all, like, all American about it. Like, staying out late, staying out doing stupid shit for no reason. Like, that's really what I wanted to do as a kid because I grew up in such a household where everybody was just so caring and always wanted to know that I was okay, that I was not doing anything stupid. Ah. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough time. It's a really tough time because me and my mom talk about it a lot now. So I'll go home and stuff. We'll sit down, which I'm still a, I'm still a, I'm still a bit of a wild spirit, which according to my mom I get it from her. <laughs> no matter what I tell my mom that I'm doing, that's ridiculous. But she goes, "Damn, ah, uh, you get it from me," <laughs> and I love her for that. But you know, we'll sit down and have these conversations, and you know, she'll be like, "Ah, uh, because uh, my middle name is is Junior." Which it's not a, it's not because I'm a junior or anything, but having my background, just being named a junior is like not really weird. So their nickname for me is June. So they're always calling me June. Uh, bro, it's fucking, I know, some deep shit. You ain't even know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> and I was talking about not knowing your homie's middle name the other episode. Junior. Oh, yeah. But no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, they call me June. And so I'll go home and they're always like, June this, June that. They're like, Tell their friends, family stories. See, that, um, I find that so dope how you're able to at least communicate that and tell your mom those kind of stories. And yeah, I mean, you have to. Back. Yeah, you have to. because I mean, because I was a dumb kid, bro. You know, like, I mean, I grew up around my parents, like, again, just being together. And all, a lot of I grew up around a lot of relationships. So to me, like, I've always kind of seen men and women, like, being together. Mm-hmm. So I just remember, like, uh in kindergarten this girl was just hella hella cute and being a kid i was like yo be my girl like <laughs> like you know what i'm saying and some really like innocent shit and i mean even the community i grew up around in like i couldn't do anything without my parents finding out everybody knew who we were in the and you know the community um were like it, it was like there's nothing i could do without my parents ever finding out and i still try to test that and i'd always get caught up <laughs> see i was i was the angel child i was the my parents never knew what was going on because i never oh, had to nah, tell bro 
my grades that's were my brother decent so they never cared um i felt like they had trust in me so they knew i was going to be smart enough to not be a dumbass but when i had those idiot moments i didn't have to tell them because i made it home safe that night and that's all that mattered bro i almost got i always got i was always getting my ass whooped my siblings were really good kids uh <laughs> they're man I, I mean i guess uh not even getting too much into it but i don't know for me like be, i guess in the back of my mind too like i knew I, I would always have a home to go back to like my parents would never really like exclude me which is another thing that you know kids i grew up with were experiencing like some of them were no longer living at home some of them were willingly or unwillingly living their house and stuff like that but i guess in the back of my mind i always felt like i had a safety net and like same same you know like no matter how much i would act out i could always go home to my family and they would always like love me and at the same time i never really acted out in a way that would ever disappoint them or put them in a situation where it's not something i could like walk away from you know what i'm saying so i wasn't like out there doing anything crazy but i was being a dumbass kid for sure you know what i'm saying like me and my brother i, I brought like uh, sneak out the house to my brother like yo like <laughs> let me know when mom's like gonna be home and I'll, I'll be back or some shit like that just to go hang out with a girl or some shit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like obviously like later on in the years bro when my grandma would come to visit she'd like let us go play outside and when we were not supposed to be going to play outside and doing all sorts of other man childhood was good i'm not gonna lie my family is very loving uh i'm a first generation as well and i mean you can tell the cultural difference across the board from where we're from originally to how much I've changed in my family. So, but you being the oldest, you're supposed to break those boundaries. Like, I was I was pretty much middle child, or at least right after. Um, so I would see my siblings get into their trouble. Um, my siblings would have to sneak out. But as it came to my time and like my age where I could do that, I didn't have to do it. I'd go up to my mom and be like, "Yo, I'm going out tonight." And she'd be like, where are you going? I'm like, just out with friends. And I wouldn't have to explain too much because she would know I'm not the crazy one. I'm not the I'm not the one who's going to get brought home by the cops today. Um, I think that also has to do with my mom's a very spiritual woman who she has dreams about things like she feels things. Like I think my mom has one of the closest relationships to God than anyone on this planet. Like it's scary, but at the same time, it's powerful. So I don't know. Whenever my mom needed to come to me, she knew she knew when to come to me or um, no matter what was going on. Whenever I was reserved, she knew like, oh, I'm making his favorite type of rice today. Like uh, what you said about being the king coming home. She knew like I was going to be smart at the end of the day. So I'd be like, oh, I'm going out. Don't worry about it. Like I'm going to be OK. Don't worry about it. Or I won't. It'll be 1 a.m. And she'll text me and be like, hey, where are you at? Um, I haven't gone to sleep because I can't sleep till you come home. And I'm like, God damn, like. That's yeah, wild. my mom pulls that too. My mom would pull that too. That that honestly is one of the that touches my heart to be like, you can't go to sleep until I come home, girl. I'm out for two more hours. Go to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, I remember uh, the only time I've ever like, uh, I remember one time where I was going to work and uh, after I got off work, this girl hit me up. You know, and my mom had given me the car to drive to work and or like to drive to work and back, and she was along the way, so I stopped to hang out with the girl. I ended up getting some, and bro, I was so hyped that I got off work and got some cheeks, bro, that driving the car home, I crashed the car. Oh! <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. And I remember, bro, like, I remember no. going home. No. Dude, yeah, dude, for real, for real. I was, and I don't even remember why I was so hyped. 
I think it was because I felt like the girl was just way out of my league in the first place. Um, and I crashed the whip, which is which was the Honda I, I drove for a, for a long time because obviously we got it repaired and stuff, and that was my first car because <laughs> I crashed. They're like, yeah, whatever problem we got, that's yours now. You deal with it. Um, but I just remember that time, and my mom was just so upset at me, so upset at me, bro. She like she was fucking mad. She, my dad didn't even have to say shit because my mom said enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I remember she still made me food. Like, like when it came time to eat, she'd be like, "Hey, stop your fucking crying. Like, come eat." <laughs> you know, like shit like that. I feel that. I uh, shout out to time. that woman, man. I love her too. I remember shout the out to first her. time I got suspended, bro, and I was sitting in that office. It was suspended on some bullshit, but you already know, being a black kid, they don't want to hear what you got to say. So I'm sitting in that office and like I'm freaking out. And the little vice principal is like, why are you freaking out? I said, dog, I don't care about what you guys are going to do to me or about this school in general. But I'm scared about what my dad's going to do to me when I get home. Like, like what? What? I went straight to my room. I didn't come up. And, you know, my dad didn't say anything to me that day because he knew that I was terrified. And so he was like, well, what's the point of what's the point of scaring him more when he already feels like he's in trouble? And that to me was like, I never realized how much of a or how big of a moment that was because the next day when I was suspended, we had some nice food. We chilled. We ate. And he didn't even talk about it. And I was like, man, man, I fuck with you, dog. I've, yeah, see? See? That's what I'm saying. But it's funny you bring that up because I had a very, very, I had a situation exactly like that, too. Which, obviously, my mom was a hard ass and the fucking family. Like, my dad always just let her handle everything. But this one time, bro, like, growing up, everybody was a little pudgy. But I remember in New York, bro, like, they were teaching us how to swim because we had a pool at the school and stuff. And I remember, like, I was taking my shirt off to, like, you know, just be a fucking kid and learn how to swim. Like, niggas don't even know how to swim. Like, let me learn. Uh, And, like, all these kids were, like, teasing me. They're like, oh, like, you know, like, calling me names and shit, like, about my body and shit. And, I mean, I've always been a thug. We ain't gonna lie about that. (laughs) So I got mad. And what did I do? I went and got a towel that w- and I got the towel hella wet and I started towel whipping them. Oh. And I was like, y'all got so much fucking shit to say. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> like it's it's some slight. Like, let's do it. And I remember I got in hella trouble. And I was sitting in the principal's office with the kid. He was crying like a little bitch. <laughs> you won't drop his name though. <laughs> uh, I think his name was Connor or some shit. Damn, Fight Connor. me, bro. Pull up. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Uh, Because, I mean, it was fat, too. Uh, So, yeah, bro. So, like, I'm sitting in the principal's office. I'm crying my my eyes out. Teacher's telling me to calm down. Principal telling me to calm down. It's going to be okay. And like you said, I was like, I don't give a fuck, like, what y'all got to say. Like, my mom's about to whoop my ass for beating this little white kid. Uh, So, I was stressing, bro. I don't want to go. But I went home. Yeah, dog, for real. Bro, I've never seen the clock move so fast for the buses to arrive to take me home. Uh, so I get home stressed. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm shitting myself, bro. I'm like ringing the doorbell. I'm like, why the fuck did I ring the doorbell? I should just run away. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I would pack a bag and go tonight. Yeah, dog. Uh, but got inside the house. She asked me what happened. And my mom's number one rule is don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's do not lie to me. So I didn't lie to her. I go, yeah, you know, learning how to swim. He started calling me names, and I'm over here with you, Mom. I, I, I did towel whip him 10 to 15 times. Yeah, he did say stop. I didn't. Yeah, I I mean, you know, yeah, he started crying, but whatever. So I told her the truth, and I'm like, all right, here it comes. 
<laughs> here comes go get the belt. But nah, she was like, all right, you know, I'm glad you beat his ass because nobody should be disrespecting my son. And I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I was like, let's fucking go. So she goes, all right, like, go take your clothes off. Da, 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 I'm going to make you some food. Called up all her friends. She goes, yeah, my son beat his ass because he's trying to make fun of him. And I was like, yeah, let's go, mom. <laughs> I was like, fuck yes. And, like, she made some hella good food that day. My brother hadn't gotten home yet because he was in a club or whatever. And, but my sister was there. She was stressed, too. She goes, yeah, I thought she was about to kick your ass, like, beat your ass for sure. And I was like, girl, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, that's so some real mama shit. Knows. Mama knows. Mama knows. Because, yeah, you know, that's the other thing about my family, too. Like, don't, like, do not fuck with us. And I say this all the time, and people think I'm joking, I'm, like, exaggerating. Like, I will kill for my family. Like, do not fuck with us. Like, we've gone through enough, bro, to where I'm at a point where, like, no one's going to hurt my family and get away with it. Like, I just wouldn't have it. Like, I really wouldn't have it. And that's on record. That's on the podcast now. I can't take it back. You said don't mess with you the family. You know what I'm saying? That the last you cannot mess with the family. So, then so being, it is what it is. Being raised like that, what kind of ideals did you grow up with? Because for me, my, my family being pretty spiritual, we've always been, like, hanging out with cousins and, like, uh, church stuff's been going on. So for me, my the first ever job I ever wanted to be was a preacher. Um like I used to, yeah, I used to read the Bible. Like I can probably say all the books to the Bible right now. Um, I used to stand at the front of the pulpit do it. and like you lead won't. the prayer. You won't. Do it. Do it. Do it. Damn, you really want me to? There's 66 books. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <you're good. laughs> but, well, like easy. Like praise God. But man, I don't know. It's just the fact of I found the love that I felt like I could have had with my family. Um in like church, like in religion, um, growing up spiritual being like, oh, I can turn the other cheek. Uh, I don't have to worry about fighting the person next to me because they're about to lose a battle right after they walk away. So why, why waste your time? Which I've lost a lot of, I don't know, I've lost that vision for a while. So I've been like real bitter and angry. Um, and like, I've been ready to sock someone, but as I've been getting back to that path at the same time, I'm still ready to knock someone out because Man, don't test. Like, don't test. I'm sure Jesus might have knocked out one person in his day. Like, Bink, that's, I don't know. He must have. He must have. There's no way. He was he black, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, uh. <laughs> so, like, some that's of funny. the ideals I formed were, like, turn the other cheek or um, things aren't as serious because you can put the weight on someone else. Um, not even someone else, but you can put the weight on God. He'll take care of it later. Um, or at the end of the day, when you rest your head, just asking to take the the pressure the pain the struggles the whatever you're going through or teach you about why you're doing it and it builds you up or it teaches you a lesson or you just well I used to remember walking in on my mom in her room and she'd be on her knees praying and she won't even flinch when you walk in and you just go in there you grab some stuff um and I remember a couple times I would just get next to her and kneel too and listen to her and she's speaking in um her her native tongue so I kind of don't understand what she's saying but you can feel the strength and you can feel the presence. And when she would take, man, she used to do this thing with our family where she would be praying. She'd walk up to you with some oil and just rub it on your forehead. And you don't know what's going on, but she's just like saying a prayer and rubbing it on you for protection. Or when we drove to Spokane and my mom doesn't like drives. My dad doesn't like drives either. They, for long drives, they won't be in the same car together because if the car crashes, they don't both want to die and leave the family alone. Like, that kind of mentality, bro, blows me away because they care so much about taking care of the fam that they won't be in the same car in a road trip. Wild. But 
when we drove over to school in Spokane, a few hour drive, she was put her hands on the thing. She prayed and she like asked for um, that we'd get there safe. And it's been a while since I've seen that happen. I was like, wow, that's just nice. And then once we got there and we made it to the house that I was moving into, she prayed again and she thanked God for the trip. And I was like, oh, I love this woman. This is wild. But at the end of the day, um, no matter what we go through, her spirit is felt. Like even if she doesn't, like I never came from a family that said I love you all the time. And that's kind of why I don't like when people say it hella often or I don't feel like I need to say it because it should be something that my like I know my family loves me at the end of the day but I don't have to tell them every morning so Man, I think it helps to hear it though I think it, it helps does. to hear it because it does. honestly the older I get the more I find myself saying it to people the more I find myself saying it to people and I mean I I didn't really like automatically start that trend I remember it's because I have this homie that I I just look up to like he's older than me him and I have some, we don't talk all the time, but whenever him and I do talk, we just have this deep ass connection, you know what I'm saying? And I remember this one time, bro, like this man told me he loved me and I was like, God damn. It was, it was, it's like when a girl first tells you she loves you, you go, I don't know what to say. That's cool. Wild. <laughs> like, I, I appreciate you. But after a while, I was like, man, why don't I tell people like that I truly genuinely love? Like, yo, I love you. Like, on some real shit. And it's never really fucking weird. Like I said, like, I, like I told, like I've said in the podcast before, like if for any given time or at any point in your life you feel like you're not loved, like just know you got some love in me, bro, and that makes a world of a difference. Because I mean, I remember a couple months back when some shit hit the fan. We ain't even gonna elaborate on that. Some shit really hit the fan. I felt the love, bro. Like it really felt like a fucking blanket being wrapped around me because I was getting support from all the angles. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I really, I remember. Like, a big part of why I was so broken in, in that moment was that I felt like I've let down so many people who truly care about me. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely something. And, I mean, when it comes to idealisms that I've gotten from my family is that everybody matters. And in, in a sense that you can't move as a single because I just it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I remember my parents, you know, before money was like good for them like they wouldn't eat just to make sure we ate you know like shit like that or they you know my dad would take the bus to while we only had one uh, car my dad would take the bus to go to work so my mom could have the car to take us to a doctor appointment take us grocery shopping take us to like a fucking park or some shit like i just i just know sacrifices have to be made for those you love and that's an idealism that i've i've really structured into my body um so I never give up on anybody. Like, when I consider you family, bro, like, it's it's really ride or die, bro. Like, you must really, really hurt me for me to for me to walk away from you. And like I said, you know, that's kind of how I grew up. Like, I was always fucking up as a kid. I was always doing shit I shouldn't be doing. I remember this one time, bro, like, and all these stories sounds kind of ridiculous. But like I said, I've known kids who've lost so much because of, of way less. You know, like, I remember this one time when I first uh, moved to the States uh there was this why all my stories around women i'm so upset about that but there was this russian girl in my class um and i remember well this one's not necessarily about like women in general but i remember she asked me like as a black person why my lips were different colors what, <laughs> what? and i i didn't i didn't really know how to answer her you know and i'm sure it was an innocent question or whatever but i didn't really know how to answer her so instead of answering her there was this mexican kid in my class his name was Luis. And him and I were, like, really close friends. So instead of, like, 
going off on her. I just wrote a note <laughs> to pass to my nigga to talk some shit. But in true kid fashion, she got the note instead. And she gave it to the teacher. Aww. And it was during math class, bro. I fucking hate math. <laughs> so she gave it to the teacher during math class. Uh, shit went down. They contacted my parents. Uh, moral of the story, like, I, from as far back as I can remember up until, like, I got out on my own and realized that if I keep doing stupid shit, I'm just going to end up in a fucking ditch somewhere or in jail. Not that I do anything crazy like that, but again, just kind of that mentality of like keeping yourself on the straight and narrow to not worry those you love. Um, my parents have always like giving me another chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not, and again, it sounds really ridiculous, but they've always given me a better chance to be better. And I, I love that about my parents. I love that about my family. Um, so for me, like, I never see anybody as like terrible or as too great or too bad. Like, I always think anybody deserves a, a second chance. Obviously, you don't give a second chance to everybody, but when we've been through enough and I consider you family, like, it's too, th- like, thick and thin. It's it's really some, like, blood-related shit that we are family, and I got you, bro. So, uh, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's just real like that. So that's another thing I got from my family. It's just that camaraderie between, like, brothers you know Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters friends family like you and your parents uh and i mean fuck bro like i don't even really know what else to say like for me those there's there's so much that fall under those two things you know like because people would always kind of wonder why i make such quick connection with people is because i mean like i'm being generous people and i expect that you know that feeling and that emotion back from people so I, I don't ever look at anybody. I'm like, oh, man, we ain't never going to be friends. Like, oh, this ain't going to work out. Or, oh, you're not cool enough. Or, or, you know, like, you're weird. I always give everybody a chance. And I've always found success in building relationships that way because I've never overlooked anybody. Mm-hmm. That makes and, me love my mom. Bro, I, so I was thinking about it, actually. Like, your mom and my mom would get along great, they for one. You'd also, you'd also get along with my mom great. I'm not extremely religious. And my mom be hating that. She fucking hates that. If there's one thing my mom would love to change about me is how religious I am, which is really, like I said, the only thing my mom would ever change about me. Honestly, I feel like everybody finds their way to God eventually, but in your own way, because I don't know, it's just powerful. And like seeing my mom work, it the is. way she's taught me is you don't judge. Um, and if you don't judge and you love everybody the same, you walk life differently. Like how yeah. one time I remember we were talking about the homeless people outside of our job. And how we said, you. I mean, you don't really know those people, but that person could be you. And a lot of people don't put themselves in other people's shoes to be like, that could be you. And I know a couple times my siblings have talked about a homeless person they ran into or some random dude they saw um, walking by them and talked to them for a second and been like, yo. Like, my sister told me this story that she was like at a bar one time. Someone came up to her, talked to her about some really deep stuff for like two minutes. That person went to the bathroom. And she was like waiting for him to come out so she could tell him something. He never came out. And after that, she was like, I'm pretty sure that was God. He walked up to me, he talked to me, and he left. And I was like, dang, those type of stories to me are the biggest impacts to be like, you don't know who people are or what people are going through. So why judge and why not love everybody? Because you never know what people are going through. It's always surface level. You know what I'm saying? Like we're talking about that with, you know, about one of the homies earlier, like, we feel like how this man hides a lot of the pain behind the smile. 
And we really don't want them to do that because it's very therapeutic to talk about it. And, you know, like, I, I know one thing about me, too, is, like, whenever I'm talking about shit that's really uncomfortable or really painful for me, I'll laugh a lot. Or I'll smile a lot. Damn, or, 100%. you know, it's like, it, bro, it's like a fucking uh, fire force. Like, this man's not grinning because he's happy. He's just stressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't know, like. Those are some bad habits, dog. Because I'd be laughing at it is. I'd be laughing at work when some shit's going down. And I know these kids that be watching me go through this stressful stuff be like, why is this guy laughing it through? Or be like, wow, that's impressive. He can laugh it off. But no, nah, that shit got me mad. I'm just trying to keep a happy face. You got you to gotta laugh through the pain. Like sometimes that shit is so painful and it's so overwhelming that you really go in your head. Is this actually fucking happening? Right. And, and there's fucking pure comedy <laughs> that I cannot fucking believe. This is really fucking happening. I, I got to laugh about this. Like last week I was getting a ticket and I was sitting there. And I started laughing and I was like, damn, dog, I'm really sitting here about to get a ticket for the corniest stuff. <laughs> but fuck it. Who cares? I mean, I got the money to pay this off. It's going to be a random hit. But, oh, why did this happen? And you just got to laugh it off. You but have to. it's one of my it's honestly one of my bad habits. But also, since the fact that I love everybody, one of my bad habits is I'm scared to hurt people. If that makes you know what I mean? I'm just scared to not only disappoint, but to hurt them. I don't want anyone to. Oh, man, I, oh, we're getting deep in this shit. Yeah, we're getting dog. real deep. Man, we're talking child. about some meat and potatoes right now. I've had, I've had siblings that were 10 years, 12 years older than me or some that were three, four years older than me. And like a lot of my, like I have some sisters right now who are single mothers or some who are just gone through terrible relationships and I've seen it or I've heard it and I've felt their pain or um, they've talked about um, issues with my parents and I've seen it happen. I'm like, wow, like you're hurt right now. I don't want anyone to ever be hurt like that. So I self-sabotage sometimes, especially in personal relationships, especially with women. Um, I don't want to be the person who leaves the relationship hurting you, or I don't want to be the person who blocks you. So it leaves me, it leaves me wondering like, what the fuck is going on? If I'm, I don't know. It's, uh, I just, I'm, I self-sabotage a lot. I I cut myself out of things. Um, I'll realize someone, who I who either I love or um, they love me is it's being ruined. So I'll try to make the situation worse from my end. So that way they're like, Ugh, I want to cut this off and not be around you. Or yeah, bro, it sucks. Or, I gotta stop you right there. I gotta I I do that one hundred percent. It's bad. I one hundred. The minute I feel like things are kind of going downhill, I expedite that process instead of wanting to save it. Um, which, yeah, like, and not that I don't want to save it, but like, if once I feel a disconnect, especially if, if I'm the one who caused it, like, my fight or flight response is to necessarily, literally, like, automatically just kind of give up and walk away. Um, and automatically that makes the situation 10 times worse. And that's something that I struggle with a lot. Um, cause I mean, it impacts very specific points or relationships in my life where, you know, like you, you, you with your girl and things aren't really working out instead of actively working to fix it. You go and do stupid shit or you go and, you know, like just just do everything that's counterproductive to fixing the actual issue at hand. Um, I so mean, toxic. I guess for me, it's so toxic. It is, it's very toxic. I, I mean, I would say the biggest my worst habit is that a lot of times I can't learn to let go. Um, I have an intense fear of missing out. 
where I always want to, again, you know, I, it really ties back to what we're talking about with the family too, where I just want to keep everybody around. Like, I don't want to miss out on your life at all. Like, and it's, it's very toxic. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get scared to lose relationships. Um, and in a way, bro, like, ah, uh, it's killer because a lot of time when the relationships are kind of going bad, like, I'm usually the cause of it. Like, I'm usually the one, again, you know, like, things are starting to go bad, so I disconnect. So I kind of walk away. So I do you think quiet. you're self-sabotaging as well, too? Yeah, okay, I do. Okay. I do. And I'm actively working on, I'm actively working to not do that. Um, I mean, especially a lot more lately, too. It's crazy how age changes you. You know what I'm right. saying? And it's crazy how the older you get, the more things you realize about the ways you act, the ways you do things, the reason why you do things. And I would say yeah, that, that is definitely one of the biggest habits I have is self-sabotaging. And it's because I, ha I just have this fear of missing out on whatever that thing might be. When realistically, like, I probably don't have any business involved with that in the first place. Mm. Um, and then I was, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think missing out on what could potentially be is definitely my biggest my biggest fear and that stops me from doing a lot of things that i should really be doing so my biggest fear i think growing up in a big family this is probably what leads to it but it's probably being a ghost whether that's really dying um i mean i think well how i said earlier how i felt like i lost a relationship with god for a little bit the fact that you can die and be a ghost and no one will see you was so fearful of me uh, or fearful for me was because man, if I die today, who's going to remember my name? Or who in 100 years is going to be like, wow, that kid was actually pretty dope because you eventually just fade away. But yeah, even more, even deeper to be like, I'm afraid to be a ghost while I'm alive. So they already say black people, for one, you get overseen. Um, things, get, things get brushed past or your ideas get stolen or, I mean, everything's just gets stolen from the roots of it, but not being, not being heard, not being seen. I mean, I come from a big family, so you have to speak up. You have to be loud when things come up. Um, I remember someone was like, how many siblings you got? And I was like, uh, 11, why? And then she was like, that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, what? I mean, why? And she's like, nah, just the way you are. Like, what? Like, you can't, ex you gotta explain that. But when I you think about to. it, I'm like, nah, I am more like, I do like to be loud sometimes, or I am hella playful and I don't take a lot of stuff seriously because I mean, I got 11 siblings. What are you going to do to me? Like at the end of the day, I don't need you to be, I don't need you to see me because I have a whole squad that sees me right away. Um, the relationship I have with my friends, I consider uh, two, maybe three, nah, a solid three of my friends, uh, parents as second homes, second families. Um, I remember my uh, a couple of my really good friends. I call his mom. I call his mom Madre um, all the time. And every time she come, every time I see her, she says "Hola, mijo," and like she fucking pulls me in. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Um, or going over to my homie's dad's house, um, and we're just chilling on the couch, having a good time. He's talking to us, asking about how your day was. Or I'm at LA Fitness, and this man walks by, and he's like, "Man, I haven't seen you in forever. How you been?" I'm like, oh, like pops is here, like. These like yeah, second homes, second families. I got keys to the homies' houses and shit. Damn. A, just go, just go whenever you want, and just. I mean, relationships built over time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's nothing overnight. So like I, I'm talking about like right here in my closet right now. Like 
I know of at least two homes that if I really needed to, if I lost everything, that I could just kind of go and just walk up and unlock the door, sit in the couch. And when they get home, you'd be like, oh, hey. And I'd be like, hey. <laughs> you know? And I that's deep to have. That's important to have. That's so fucking important to have, man. Uh, I don't know if it's the red wine. I don't really know what it is, but I'm really getting into this. Like, I feel you, bro. It's, it's, it's us just, I think, bonding for one. Like, yeah. with, with everyone listening, with each other. And at the end of mm-hmm. the day, we're realizing how grateful and how much, how much blessings we really have, to be honest. And what makes us the men we are today, uh, honestly. Uh, honestly. And there's a kid, Cuddy Line, who was like, uh, the people I've met and the places I've been are all what make all what makes me the man I'm so proud to be. Um, or, uh, I fucked up the rhyme, but <laughs> um, that's so line. true because the people I've met, I feel like people come into your life for a reason. Like I remember the first time I met you and I hit up a homie and I was like, yo, me and this kid are going to be close. And she was like, what? And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, just trust me. Like, <laughs> don't <gonna> worry. <laughs> and what happens now we're over here creating a podcast and been knowing each other for a year plus. So working things on other work shit. Out. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Dog. No, yeah. What, what makes you just... the man you are today? Besides family. Experiences. Mm. Experiences. And I know that's so I oh bro, you don't understand the frustration and how hard I grind my teeth when I say cliche shit. But again, the older you get, it really is. Yeah, it's you just fool the house truth. ass nigga. Like, what? Play yeah. the music. Play the fucking music in the background and the theme. Or the fucking Bro, of the stories about to start. Yeah, I know. But what makes me the man I am today are really the experiences I've had in my life. Um, like I said, dude, like I'm 26 now. And at a very young age, like I almost died like two to three times. Um for all sorts of fucking reasons bro mm. one of them was actually kind of my fault and i was fucking terrible Yikes. <laughs> uh you know like i've dated women who i thought would have been in my life forever but aren't now which is giving me a different perspective on what it means to date what it means to have relationships Ooh, that's a good guy grow, talk segment. uh i mean that. it is uh we will we will but you know what i'm saying like i've met very very close friends that i don't talk to today i've met people who it's really the experiences from the jobs I've had, the things I've done, you know, like the way I've lived. Uh, I guess what makes me the man I am today is that I'm very open to what the world has to offer. Dope. Um, I, you know, you 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 kind of grow up with this, you know, to try to give you this book of how the world's going to be, what you should expect. You know, like if this doesn't work out, then you're a failure. If this doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to be. Like, I, I don't listen to any of that anymore. Um, I think at 26, I'm very happy to go through the motions of an experience and learn from it. That's what I mean by my experiences make me the man I am today. Like, I, you know, like, at 20, I mean, the homie the other day was talking to me about, they were like, hey, man, like, I feel like you're very picky when it comes to women. You know, like, I feel like, you know, you have such a very, very direct type. And I had to tell him that I, I don't really. Um, and that's not because I'm just out here getting with everybody, which I'm not. It's more like I told him I was like the first two things I look for in a woman is something that really reminds me of my home. It's cleanliness and discipline. Like you got to have those two things for me to even really consider like moving forward with you. Again, very just to be a very clean person in all aspects of your life and to just have good discipline. Mm. Um 
And, you know, then I, then I was like, everything else we can kind of work on. Because those are like, you know, if nothing else is guaranteed for me as a man is that I have a clean home and that I have discipline. So my partner is going to have to at least bring that to the table because, you know, sometimes you'll meet people who they live their life in a shell or in a bubble. And it's very apparent, you know, and they've excluded themselves specifically from some experiences to be the, to be the person that they are, you know, whenever you run into them. And I think I've spent a lot of my time just really like I love having a third person perspective of my own life. Like I love watching from the window. You know what I'm saying? I love like watching things happen around me and just being in the moment, just engulfing myself in it, just really like just going through the fucking motions, like I said. And I think that's what makes me the man I am today. Like people are always like, you know, you know, you run into, uh, it, it's, it's hard to go into depth without needing an extra hour to really let everything off the chest. But just to keep it simple, the open mindedness that I've, grown to experience from the world is what makes me the man I am today. I never take things that, you know, like, ah, oh, I don't want to keep going. It's your turn, bro. What makes you the man you are today? <laughs> no, bro, that's important because even hearing you talk throughout even the past episodes and the fact how you like taking a step back, because um, I know the feeling of, ah, man, when you really enjoy the moment, you really are sitting there and be like, damn, I'm really in a room full of bad women and Oh, the bad hoes. And they're loving my vibe right now. Like, oh, I don't know. It's Or just being like, wow, I'm really about to go ride. Like, you, bro, you told me you've ridden horses. And the fact where you're like, bro, I've ridden horses. I'm like, I just know something I've never done. So, bro, I can't imagine yeah, that was cool sitting there looking around as you're galloping through the freaking plains and just looking around like, man, I need a fucking... Eight gallon hat right now, like Doug Dimadome. I'm out here, bro. Doug Dimadome. God damn, Dimadome. Oh, bro, yo, yeah, for real though. Um, for real though. Oh wow, uh. wow. Nah, I definitely feel that. Um, and like I said, the relationships for me are one of the biggest things because, or relationships and places I've been, which is why I love traveling. Because when you travel, you meet someone random who has a whole different walk of life, and you can see someone's point of view or. Um, you can sit down at their home and eat with their family and realize, oh, people eat with their hands. Like, dog, you don't eat with your hands? Like, the, the fact where I'm at my family's house engulfed in their culture or um, my family's house, but I'm in my second family's house. Or um, I'm just out in general having a good time and being able to enjoy that. Um, yeah, remember how I said last or last episode that I felt like I didn't or I didn't need more relationships? But the fact of I have to realize people come in and out of your life for certain timelines like I should be able to talk to someone for a day have the coolest relationship with them and the dopest bond and be like wow I'm actually never going to see that person again but that was fun um or wow they taught me this which is why I look at the outlook of I want to learn one new thing a day no matter what that is um about myself about other people um about freaking plants I don't know something random um it's just interesting to see how things move and how people are in different places and all that. I hear you because I was talking to, you know, one of our coworkers about it today because she was like, she's, you know, she's very young and she was talking, she's not much younger than I am. I'm not fucking old. Let me stop that right here, right now. Nip that in the bud. But anyway, she's young. Um, and she was just talking about how, like, she's felt like she needs to be alone forever because she's never going to meet anybody. 
And I really had to be like, girl, you're so young. Like, why is that what you're worried about? You should really be in a place in your life right now where you're just wanting to meet people and mm-hmm. getting those experiences yep. to ultimately learn what you like, what it is that you're actually looking for. And, you know, she was like, nah, like being alone, I just do my best. I'm like, and, you're you know, she's alone. wanting to be an artist at that. And I'm like, an artist can't be so isolated because where is your muse going to come from? Like, if it's not from the experiences you're having with other people and the places you're going and the things you're doing, like, where is your art supposed to grow? You know, and it was just, like you said, it's it's just one of those things that, oh, man, like, the way I see it, the world is just too big to think so singular. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's ever been outside that, the country. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the world is a little too big for you to think that, you know, either what you think right here, right now is the ultimate, you know, or an ultimatum. Or that he can't ever change. Like, that's not how the world works. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to a different state and the weather's the same. So why do you expect to stay the same? Or the city, like, is, like, the, the freaking uh, downtown looks exactly the same how your downtown looks. Like, it's not much different. <laughs> yeah, so it's not going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. For me, I, I've also grown up my entire life having role models. And that's another thing my role models all push. Like, the sky's the limit. The experiences are meant to be had. And... Like, again, the sky is the limit of what can be accomplished while you're alive, bro. Uh, have you so. had hella role models? Use that uh, plural. Yeah, I've had, bro, I, I get new role models every day. Mm. Like, I mean, and that's the that's another part of me that I don't think should be concrete either. Like, I meet cool it, people all the time. It's pretty cool. Bro, I, I no, see, mine aren't because, again, I'm meeting people all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you bring something into my life that I just look up to, I consider you a role model. Um, you know, like I have people I don't talk to, but just watching how they move, I consider them role models. That makes sense. Like I have, you know, so it's like, obviously I have like day one role models and obviously my dad, my mom, uh, my grandma, especially shout out to her. She passed away. Uh, love that woman too. But I think, you know, as you go through life and, you know, like even some of the people we work with, you know, like you shouted them out a couple of times as being a role models for how you got to where you are now. Like I'm talking about stuff like that, too, you know. So like you said, different people come into your life for different things. And if they're teaching me something, something that I can learn and grow from, I consider them a role model. That makes Um, sense. But I would say, yeah, you know, like it's like. I try not to hate on people and the stuff they're accomplishing, if they're, even if they're doing better than me. I just always try to look at it as a way for me to improve. And I have to admire what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that's a big difference. Like, You can either hate and want to compete or you can admire and want to contribute. And a lot of times for me, I'm admiring and want to contribute. Um, so, I mean, one of my very, very first role models when I was a very, very young kid, way past, you know, like the whole parents and whatever else stuff was 50 cent dog whoa <laughs> yeah G-unit. uh no for real for real because one i remember you know like again even as a kid i i guess maybe it was a community i grew up in i always knew how hard he was to make it as a black man and i remember getting my first cd player and up until that point i've only listened to white people sing you know what i'm saying like opera uh fucking whatever the fuck else they're doing like musicals and all sorts of stuff cool and the gang else air supply and all sorts of white bands and stuff but 
the first CD I ever got from my CD player was, uh, I think, Get Rich or Die Trying or some shit like that. <laughs> so, you know, I remember listening to, like, all these black men just having a good time. And then my uh, my freaking, my cousin at the time was asking me, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, you know, if they're still around, I want to be a member of G-Unit because those boys just know how to have a good time. She goes, oh, you want to sag where grills and do all that? I was like, if that's what it means to have a good time, I guess so. You know, like, so I remember, and again, the grind 50 Cent had. Um, he still has. And then, you know, I should, and he still has. Yeah, that man's still accomplishing a whole lot of stuff. You know, like, I believe in benchmarks, and all of my role models have shown me what it means to hit benchmarks at different parts of your life. Um, later on, I remember uh, <laughs> it was 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, as my second role model. Only because I, the first time I ever heard Lil Wayne, I, I used to think how trash his music was, but he was just doing it. Like, not only was he doing it, he was successful at it. And he was being himself. He was working on his own grind, doing his own thing. And I remember, you know, coming up in America where you're surrounded by so much whiteness. The, the stuff he was rapping about was, you know, shunned upon or frowned upon. The way he was carrying himself was frowned upon. Like, everything he did was getting criticized all the time, but he always moved on his own beat. And to me, that was a role model because it really taught you, like, no matter what the world throws at you, like, you can just bounce back and keep making millions. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I've had teachers as role models. I remember my, one of my uh, uh, one of my teachers in high school, actually, because, you know, I was kind of a weird kid in high school. Bro, she would always let me go hang out in her class. She'd let me skip all the classes, come hang out in her class. Like, she made me feel like part of the school. And I remember I was like, man, like, if I'm ever in a position where I'm teaching other kids, like, this is who I want to be like. I want to be somewhere. I want to be someone that people can come to, come to when they feel like they have nowhere to go. So she became a role model. Uh, and, I mean, besides, like, Little Wayne and 50 Cent, like I'm talking about, bro, most of my role models are women. Because, I mean, who else has the resilience and the drive and the thoughtfulness of women you know what i'm saying so like i don't know it's just it's, it's an intense feeling i mean i've dated women that i consider role models like like girl i see how you move and low-key like i want to be like this like i want to move like you do uh i was having this conversation with you know like a very close friend the other day where you know uh they were talking about you know like wanting to feel supported and wanting to feel like all sorts of ways and I had to let him know, like, I just want you to know, like, everything you do, like, I look up to as an inspiration. Like, there's not a single thing that I could see you doing that you just won't succeed at. See, that you know right there. Like, it was, it, that right there is hella, hella important because your definition resonates with me as inspiration. Um, more so because how I said a role model is concrete for me. A concrete role model for me is my pops. He's the only person I consider to be my role model because I want to be as dope as my dad. Like I like the thresholds my dad has placed are the only things I have to beat. And the only person I'm competing against is me to beat those thresholds. So I don't know, like my dad led me in ways where I could see like his activism because he was a freaking freedom fighter back home and would fight for um, his culture and his people and Oh, and like the squad knows, the gang knows him back home because, bro, I've heard some of my dad's stories, man. I got to ask my dad about more of his stories, but 
He's been into some wild, wild shit back home with my fucking cousin's pops, too. Bro, they, they're best friends. They used to get into the wildest shit. Ah, oh, man, that's Patreon. That's Patreon stuff right there, too. But, yeah, some Patreon stuff. $5 like, a month. Come on. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> Make our Vegas money back. <laughs> <laughs> but other ways in, like, his work ethic, bro. Like I've said, I would, ne- I would never, never work a... um like a 60, 70 hour a week or 16 hour day like my pops does. And then I find myself doing it because I'm putting in the work for my fucking team. And it's wild to me because that work ethic is something I've got to, like, he he doesn't complain about shit. I know he's at work and his coworkers are having a good time with him and he's laughing with him and he comes home and he rests. So I'm like, I just worked the longest fucking shift. Now I'm going to go home and I'm just going to rest because I was happy and giddy and making sure the squad had a good time. But now I'm tired. So mm-hmm. the ways I just look up to my dad to be someone who I want to be like, someone who doesn't take shit from no one. And if you want his respect, you got to earn it. He's got to be cordial, but you disrespect him. Nah, like he'll slice you in your throat and be like, and he'll walk away and spit on your body as he does. So as it should cutthroat as it should cut. We don't do disrespect around here. We don't do disrespect around here. No, like I just don't want to hear it. But everything you said makes me feel like, makes me feel like I have had like how you put role models. I've I would say I've had multiple too, but the way I consider it is those are my inspirations. Like there's a dope ass, um, there's a dope ass boss at our job, who she's just a grinder, and the bullshit she feeds us is something that I believe in because it's her, and I'm like wow, I low key like you inspire me to move forward or. Um, be better in this type of uh, industry because if you can do it I can do it and I'm trying to be as good as you or the way in like how my mom treats people and I'm like wow if you can treat people like that who are racist as fuck and you can tell but at the same time you don't care and you're gonna act like you don't care um, is inspiring and it makes me want to act the same way or the way my sister will um, vent about some bullshit that just happened and I'm like wow like you don't care what you're, what anybody's gonna think about um, how you're feeling or your emotions. You're just getting it off of your chest, and uh, all those things to me are just ah uh, man. I like how you said women were your inspirations because I just named off three women back to back, even though I said my dad was my role model. But because <laughs> that's the thing, bro. There's a whole lot of men doing dope shit, and I think that just kind of overlooks a lot of women a lot of times. But I mean, even. Even in what we're doing now, like having a media presence, you know, recording a podcast, doing clothing, doing sculptures, doing rugs, you know, doing graphics. Um, a lot of that work, I compare it to women because, you know, like. Especially as a black man, you know, there's just there's just that feeling of aggressiveness and attention and just wanting to keep working that, you know, a lot of women can also gravitate towards and. I don't know, even now, and this is going to sound like I'm dishing out on them, but even now when I look at a lot of my guy friends, they're not really doing shit. But every woman I know, every woman I know is actively pursuing something aggressively. Right. So that's that's why for me, like a lot of times I feel like my some of my biggest competitors in the field that I wish I to break into are women because I know they're they're the other ones staying up late night to grind this shit out because I mean, that's how my mom's done it. That's how my sisters do it. Um, I mean, again, my dad works very, very hard, but I, 
I will say my mom works twice as hard because she keeps the family together. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. For me, it's it's one of those things that it's not really about sex. It's not like really trying to level men and women. It's not about that. It's just I got to say who I'm noticing who's fucking making it happen. And that's just who it is. Yeah, bro. I met this girl recently. Oh, man. And she, she man, she, she works just as long as we do. Um, she works just as hard as we do. And then I find out, oh, she got a business on the side. Oh, she just bought a truck for that business. And I'm like, wow. That to me was one of the biggest inspirations to be like, dog, what are you doing? Like, if if she's in the same type of industry, working the same amount of hours and still crushing her uh, her passion or her um, side job, what are you doing? Like, why are you behind her? Why are you going so slow? Um, not to say I'm supposed to be in front of her, but in front of every dope man is a doper woman. So facts catch up with some nice cheeks hopefully of course i mean you got to see the moon sometimes <laughs> <laughs> with some nice yeah, yeah, exactly we all got to rest on something oh bro we're getting too but, wild this has been a good podcast but these boys need to or these people need to go to bed that's true that's true oh. this was deep bro damn i like this episode i hope y'all like it too i really do i'm gonna have a heart to heart with y'all for one second <laughs> man I appreciate y'all. But for real though, yeah, the vibes are strong tonight. Uh, We're going to go get into some shenanigans. Some shenanigans. Why you got to let them know? How are we going to get this deep and be like, yeah, we're still about to go do some wild (laughs) shit. We are. (laughs) But uh, again, man, we checked the numbers today. We're sitting at triple digits. Woo! We appreciate y'all. Let's go. Let's go. Go! We appreciate y'all. Triple digits, six episodes out. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. But on top of that, you know, I'm saying, like, share it with your friends. Let your family members know. Let your girls know. Let your boys know. Let the squad k- kick back, smoke a blunt, listen to the podcast, toss us some feedback, do whatever. Share it, follow us on social media. You, you know how to find me. You don't know that many Luigi's. I know you don't. You don't know that many obesas. I know you don't. No way. So follow us on the socials. You know, share the link. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Transitor, Amazon Podcasts coming soon, Tidal Podcasts, whenever they make that move. We're everywhere. We're global. We actually are global. We I don't know are. if y'all knew that. We are. Pause. We don't lie. There's no need to cap. Pause. Ugh. Bro, I and with that... You- I posted your uh, I posted your profile on my story, and I gotta say there was a lot of sticker taps. So mm. Mm. <laughs> if you don't have some new followers, come on, y'all! I see. I do. This. Okay, okay, I do. That makes sense because I, I opened my shit. And I was like, who are these people? But that come makes on. sense now. I appreciate, appreciate you. Check out the uh, squad. Toss me, toss me some coins. I feel it. Hey, we out <laughs> here, Mario and Luigi. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, for real though, we're gonna wrap it up. It's been your host with the most. I'm going to coin that. It's been your host with the most. It's Luigi. Good night, y'all. Deuces. The winning podcast. We out.